Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Big Apple Hockey, because we we love doing this. It's Wednesday. You got to love every single time that we're doing this. I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams, who, uh, you know, I'm just happy to be here. I, I don't have anything to say. I'm going to go to the host of the final buzzer, Mr. John Fulkowski. I want to know where you got that little thing with the YouTube thing in the background that you have where it says Big Apple Hockey, because that's pretty cool, actually. Actually, a friend of mine gave that to me for Christmas, so that was oh, awesome. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, top, your resident belligerent and anxious Ranger fan hosts says hello. <laughs> so, and wait, of waiting course, patiently for tonight. Well, yeah, that's going to be an 8 o'clock game, too. And yeah, of course, right? the man who is happy, he just signed a big-name free agent to an eight-year, $8.5 million deal, a Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Is he frozen? I think he might be frozen. He might be frozen. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Anthony's Ant is, Ant is definitely frozen right now, I think. <laughs> okay. So what a way to start off. Uh, technical difficulties, and I was speechless to start everything. By the way, we were um, very happy to announce that we have joined up with the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, you could always go on their website, see Hockey Podcast from all around the NHL, not just us. So check them out. And we're going to be uh, just getting Anthony back on, and we'll get right into the headlines. There is a lot of headlines that are going around the league and everything else right now. Uh, but, yeah, no, this was a gift from a friend of mine for Christmas. So Oh, that's awesome. I, and here I had it up for a while. So why don't we – we'll retry this introduction with our – the proud recipient of Bo Horvat and a six, uh, sorry, eight year, $8.5 million deal, Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Mark, do you believe? That's the question. Do you believe? No. The only thing I believe in is Bo Dallas. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know what? You, it, it might be time for you to believe because we are going to start with the New York Islanders. Well, by the way, everybody, check out from a month from now, our trade deadline show will be coming up March 3rd. Giveaways and, of course, hours and hours of Hockey Talk. Phil and I did it last year. It was an absolute blast. But going back to the New York Islanders who played two games this week, they beat the Flyers, they beat the Seattle Kraken in the last two days. Still sixth in the Metro, 59 points, and that goal differential is now starting to climb again. And then on Sunday, Bull Horvat signed an eight-year, $8.5 million AAV before he even played a game with the, with the Islanders. Anthony, I'm going to come back to this in one moment because we got to go to the moment everybody was happy about, which was last night, Bull Horvat definitely set off some Islander boners. Tell us about for, for Bull. Probably nice to get it right out of the way. What was it like for you when you got... Oh, here's Barzell. They and I think that's all of it I could play without getting a copyright strike. I see what you did there with Boner. Yes. <laughs> so, oh uh, you know, it, it, it actually just came to me in the moment. Anthony, got to ask you also, because they got the wild card standings. Everything is bunching up. Florida Panthers are coming up. Buffalo Sabres have really yet to get started again. And then, of course, the Islanders right now tied with the Penguins. But the Penguins have games in hand. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anthony, is is Bo Horvat, basically this is a free agent acquisition. 
Is this the biggest free agent signing by the New York Islanders? Uh, yes, it is. Um, definitely is. Bo Horvat. Um, for I mean, let's just face it. He was the top free agent available because David Pasternak isn't going to leave Boston, so I, I'm going to exclude him. But Bo, uh, but Bo Horvat was the top free agent available. Um, you know, Elliot Freeman just the other day speculated that he actually thinks that Bo Horvat could have even got nine um, in the free agent market if he chose to go to free agency. Um, you know, this is a guy that was 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 traded here to the island, um, didn't have any ties to the island, um, and signs uh, eight year extension. The day he arrives on Long Island, he arrived on Sunday for practice. Uh, Lou said in his media, he, Horvath got there and said, all right, let's hammer this out. And they got it done. So, um, you know, I, it's not not to, you know, say that that there's no tampering going on. But I mean, I, I mean, I feel like Lou had to have known that Horvath was going to sign an extension um, to, you know, to make that deal. Uh, I, but none of us should be surprised. I think we all agreed that when he made the trade that Lou wouldn't have given up everything given up if he hadn't known that there was a good chance that Bull Horvat was going to extend. Um, and that's what he did. Um, you know, and I got to tell you, you know, Barzell looks re, you know, rejuvenated now that he has, you know, less defensive responsibility on him. Um, and he even said it himself, you know, it's given him, it's given him some extra juice here uh, playing with a guy like Horvat. You know, he's been paired up with every player really imaginable um on the islanders and you know now he's playing with somebody who can relieve the defensive pressure and as you saw last night can also finish uh and let's not just forget in that video you played mark give give barzell kudos he he picked the pocket of a pretty good player and yanni gord lifted his stick stripped him and made that happen so um early dividends paying off and yeah uh, bo horvat is a huge addition to the islanders uh i think it will lou has already changed the culture i mean we all have been criticized him to hell and high water thus our sponsorship getting exnade by uh <laughs> because of it but um you know I, nice. I also i also give props when it's due and the one thing that lou has been good at is he changed the culture here on long island um people respect him um and i, I think uh, players players want to play for an organization that exempts you know great leadership and and that's what he does so you could say all oh, strict facial hair policies and high jersey numbers which i agree with but people love playing for him, and I think now the Islanders are a destination, and uh, now they're going here, boys. You know, they, they won four games in a row. Um, they're only one point behind Washington for the first wild card spot, tied with Pittsburgh. Uh, Mark, you mentioned those games in hand, but games in hand don't mean anything unless you win them. That's one. Two, the Islanders here have a golden opportunity. Next three games, Vancouver, Ottawa, Montreal, bad teams. You know what happens after that? They play Pittsburgh, Boston, Pittsburgh. So if the Islanders were to take care of Vancouver, Ottawa, and Montreal, which is not far-fetched, very possible, they win, they win those three games. And even if they take three out of four from Pittsburgh, at that point, games in hand or not, Pittsburgh's going to be in trouble there, depending on what they do between you know, now and then, too. But, so the Islanders are actually in a really, are in a really good spot here. Um, and if I were the Capitals, I'd be very worried what's going on right now. I know more on that later. Um, but yeah, the Islanders look—they look a lot better. You know, they, it started with those two huge wins before the All-Star break to even put them in the conversation to start feeling good about themselves again. They won those games. Lou goes out, makes a trade for Horvat. Um, you know, and now you know now we're cooking here. Not to mention Ilya Sorokin back-to-back shutouts. He's just—I mean—he's just doing Sorokin-type things. So, uh, before I hand it off, I'll say this: they keep winning. Lou's not done. 
His cap space did not change with that Horvat trade. Vancouver retained 25% of his cap hit. Come the trade deadline, I think they have $9 million of cap space or close to it. Of, of $8.6 million of trade deadline he's, cap space. He's not. He's going to upgrade. Uh, I, I think he's going to try to upgrade on Bailey or Holmstrom to really round out the roster. Um, I don't know who or what, but I think right now the Islanders are in, are in a pretty good spot here. Phil? Um, I would agree with a lot of what Anthony said in regard to that. I, I, I actually mentioned that, that murderer's row scheduling that they're going to have to deal with coming up pretty soon. I mentioned that, I think, like a week or two ago. I think it was mm-hmm. on one of the shows. Um, so, I mean, they still have their work cut out for them. Uh, Pittsburgh still has four games in hand. And, I mean, you could say whatever you want about getting those points back, but four games in hand is still four games in hand. That's a lot of games in hand. So, um, are the Islanders in a good position right now? Yeah, better position than they were previously, but I, I still think that there's there's a big hill to overcome when it comes to the Penguins because these guys just don't seem to go away for whatever reason. And I, I just – Every time I count them out, they ended up shoving it in my face. See, 2021. I mean, Mark, Mark had to tap himself on the – or pat himself on the back for that one because, you know, he picked that. So, I picked the Penguins to win the division, and I was right. Um, we'll we'll always get that. I mean, it's not 2021 anymore. It's 2023 now. We're here two years later. But, I mean, this team just still finds ways to get things done. Um I don't even want to go into the whole Jeff Carter, Cam McCarr thing because Jeff Carter is a piece of garbage. But, um, you know, they, they're still finding ways to get things done. As for the Islanders themselves, though, uh, I mean, you add a score um, of his caliber, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very careful with what I say in regards to this because I don't want it to come off the scene as negative. But, I mean, he's shooting at 21.5%. That's just not sustainable. It's not. Um, I, I think he could probably ride out the season, probably playing around a point per game. Uh, I wonder what happens with him going forward. But, I mean, it's, it's a big risk to take Matt Barzal and then just put him on the wing. We'll see how that works. It looked good last night. But um, he, he comes in and he knocks everybody else down a peg. And that's one of the most important things you could do with a trade deadline rental. You know, if – even if he reverts back to being like, I don't know, maybe a 60, 65 point player, it, it's still a big boost for them. So, um, you know, you, you got to hope that he stays closer to 70, maybe 80 points a season, and that he has the chemistry of Barzal going forward that you saw last night. Because last night, if, if that's an indicator of things, then, you know, that's a good sign for the Islanders. You know, you don't have to worry about your goalie. Your goalie's. Your goalie's great. He's one of the best in the league. Uh, the defense is pretty good, even though I think they should make one more acquisition there. And if you want to get a depth forward to up, upgrade over a guy like maybe a Hudson Fashing or something like that, then you, know, you could go and do that by the deadline. But you know the Islanders are in a decent position. They still have a they still have a hell to climb. And I, you know this this is getting get real interesting down the stretch because th- this is like a five team dogfight. In, in the Metro, you got the, you got the Rangers, you got the Islanders, you got the Capitals, you got the Penguins, you got the Devils. Because Carolina is really in a class of their own right now, so it's those five oh, teams yeah. for the for the next spots afterwards. Well, for starters, well, more on Ilya Sorokin and uh, his season in our Bar Talk segment. But uh, 
Anthony, actually, I moved the Capitals talk to right now, so that way I could we could we can mention that. I'm gonna do that in one second. Let me get this out for this for this week in this moment. There are people that are ripping this trade a lot, and by the way, you want to rip it first round draft pick, fine. Basically, Anthony Beauvillier was starting to collect dust on the score sheet. He was not doing much. No. Uh, Atu Ratu, you got a guy that could have been going first overall, but went 50th overall. You just turned him into Bo Horvat. That ends up being a great trade. If you ever watch Steve Dangle's trade trees, they're fan- they're phenomenal. Absolutely. Now, for let me start with the bigger picture. This is a free agent saying, I'm going to Long Island. This is what we were waiting for, for somebody to eventually do it. Thought it could be Johnny Gaudreau. Thought it could be uh, some guys from last year's crop. Instead, Lou goes out, basically gets a guy that says, I want to plant my roots here. And he would be the number one free agent on the market, especially UFA. He'd be getting paid the most. So right there, Lou does a good job with this. Going into the actual, like, what's going on right now, Anthony, you're right. They, you got to take care of business the next three games and then close the gap between them and Pittsburgh. I think they get a five-day break in between games. Then you get Pittsburgh and Boston back-to-back and Pittsburgh on, I believe, the Monday after that. That's We're going to be talking all about that stretch soon. But you also got to look at them and say they're only uh, one point behind the Washington Capitals, and I think they got a game in hand on the Washington Capitals. So – the Capitals got to be the most vulnerable team right now, right? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, the Capitals, like you said, they were only one point ahead. I mean, the Islanders, I mean, the Islanders could pass them as soon as tomorrow, depending on you know what what goes on. Um, but I'm, yeah, I, I, the Washington Capitals have their flaws, and you know the the Penguins have their flaws too. Yeah, four games in hand, but like I said, the Islanders are playing three bad teams right now. If they were to win all those games, which there's a good chance they could do that. That's that's six points right there, and they're already tied with Pittsburgh. So depending on what Pittsburgh does during those three games, you know, if they don't, you know, if they lose two of them, and then the Islanders beat them both times, so the four games in hand, the Islanders can easily can easily pull away from the Penguins if they take care of their own business. So, um, and then yeah, the Capitals forget about them. I mean, the Capitals have their issues. I mean, I know they'll probably do something to add at the trade deadline. Um, but you know, right now the Capitals are a flawed team, but you know, a lot of teams have flaws though. So every team really has their, has their weaknesses, but you know, right now the Islanders have, have a good line with Barzell and Horvat. you know, Paul Mary's got six points in six games since he's come back from an injury and him, Nelson and Lee have been really good, um, as a, as a trio, uh, Zach Brise scored his 14th yesterday, guys, 38, he keeps going. Um, so, I mean, they, as long as. As, as long as their their defense can keep playing solid enough and, you know, Horvath gives them a boost offensively, um, the Islanders are really right in there with, as you mentioned, those group of teams right now that are that are battling it out. So, um, as John said, really, I mean, no one's safe, really, aside from the Hurricanes, pretty much. I mean, I mean the Devils, too. The Devils have, what, a six-point lead on the Rangers or so? Devils got a six-point lead on the Rangers. The Rangers, I think, have one game in hand. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean – the Hurricanes, if you want to say the Devils, but a lot of these teams, a lot, a lot can happen between now and then. I mean, I mean, even you know before these Islanders won those two break, but before they won those two games before the break, Mark, they were six points out, and now they're tied with Pittsburgh. So you see how quickly that evaporated. Like right now, 
The Rangers have a four-point lead on the Capitals, a five-point lead on the Penguins and the Islanders. So no, it's not no, – no one is particularly safe right now. So everyone's really fighting for their lives. Um, I mean, obviously, some teams are in better position than others, true. Uh, but the Metro, like I said a couple of weeks ago, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a dogfight. Um, you know, the Islanders made the first move with trading for Horvat. I would imagine some of these teams were we three weeks from the deadline. Um, teams yep. are going to have their counterpunch, if you will. Uh, but, you know, I, I think right now, I think the Islanders have good a chance as anybody when you consider Washington and Pittsburgh to, to get into a playoff spot. Because um, goaltending, especially for Pittsburgh, flawed, flawed. And even the teams below them, Buffalo, Florida. I mean, the Islanders blow their goaltender goaltending out of the water between the tandem of Sorokin and Varlamov, which is a huge advantage. So while you're yeah. at it, Ant, go with the team above them in the Washington Capitals. Darcy Kemper ain't Ilya Sorokin. He's not. I mean, surprisingly enough, Darcy Kemper has five shutouts. He's tied with Sorokin for the league lead, which I wouldn't I wouldn't have ever guessed because you you <laughs> think a guy with five shutouts would have better statistics than he does. But um, needless to say. Yeah, the Capitals need to do something, particularly, I think, at the forward position. And, you know, maybe they will. But, again, you know, right now, um, you know, this, this is the right time now. They're getting hot. Four in a row, and I just mentioned they're playing three bad teams. They got to take advantage and beat them. And if they do, <laughs> look out because they're really in it then. Just before I throw the, the last word up to Philco on this one, the Islanders also get the Capitals twice, the Penguins three times, Buffalo twice. And I think they still got one more against the the Panthers, so they could easily just win those games and move and move up. Yes, the games at hand are still an issue, but Philk. Yeah, I mean that's really what it comes down to. I mean, obviously, if they handle their own business, they're going to be fine. But the games at hand are definitely an issue. It's no matter what anybody says, it's you know it, you you have a game at hand unless Pittsburgh absolutely craps the bed. I, and as much as I want that to happen, I just don't see it. You know, it's just. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop for a second and just thank um, Poppy Rican Ranger here for uh, that super sticker. Thank you very much. We appreciate that here. And Thanks, Poppy. And uh, just remember, everybody, like, share, and subscribe. As uh, as Mikey would say, spread that big apple hockey virus. So, um, but yeah, I, you know, it, it, like I said, dogfight. And there is a lot of I think there's going to be a lot of movement either way between the spots. I don't I don't think this is anywhere close to finalize in terms of what we're going to see with the, uh, the standings and the positionings of the teams. So um, I wouldn't sleep on. And even as Pete here says, don't sleep on Florida. There's a guy in Florida that just broke the 70 point mark this season. And his name is Matthew Kachuk. And that guy is playing like a man possessed right now. We had five points the other night. So um, you want to talk about somebody who's trying to enter his name in the Hart Trophy uh, tracking? <laughs> and uh, just to throw out Matt Kachuk, as you just mentioned his name, him and Brady almost completely stealing the show at the All-Star game this weekend, uh, if not for Ovechkin and Crosby putting on a show when they were on the ice together. And uh, we'll talk more about that soon enough. We're going to change gears, everybody, and go over – to across the Hudson to the New York Rangers who are going to be playing in an hour and a half. I could have been at the game tonight, but instead I'm not. Oh, wait, I forgot about. No, we got to cover this, guys. We just got to talk about it for one second. Sorry. The Islanders are not wearing the Pride Night jerseys. Anybody have any thoughts? Or it just 
covers what happened when the Rangers did it. I think it's pretty much a continuation of what's probably going to end up going around the league. Like I said before, I think they're, I think this is probably the kibosh on the jerseys. Um, if they, I think, like I said, they should still make the jerseys, auction them off for charity, uh, but Sign them. wearing them probably not no more than again the other the other nights. They shouldn't do it for the other nights then if they're not going to wear them. Just auction all the jerseys off, sell the proceeds, uh, give the proceeds to the charities or whatever. But um, you know, that's it's really it. I think we've kind of gone over this ad nauseum, really. All right. Well, then we're just going to move on from that. Because, uh, yeah, let's go over the Rangers. They won their only game they played this week so far versus Calgary. They beat them in overtime. Rangers are in third place right now in the Metro, 64 points, 29 plus 29 goal differential. But, Philk, I got to point out some guys that are really hot right now or at least heating up a little bit. You have Capocaco, six assists in his last six games. Alexei Lafreniere, five points, two goals, three assists in his last five games. But the big story about the kid line, of course, is since January 1st, 13 games, eight goals, four assists for Philip Heedle. And uh, actually, I didn't add on the two goals that he had on uh, Monday night. So it's actually 10 goals. Philk, are the kids coming alive? I, I would think so. It, it, you, it, just the way that you see, um, you know, Filipino playing, he's playing like a man possessed. And he's been one of the, the focal points of this team's entire offense lately. He's just, there's a confidence to him that just exudes star power right now. And I think if he was getting more minutes with even like more established players, I, I think the points would be even higher for him right now. He's on pace for almost 60 points this year. I believe 30 goals he's on pace for as well. And just the kid's taking the next step. He's he's arrived. The, it, it, it's it's time. Um, I, I think that the kid line should probably be the team's second line going forward. And the uh, Trocek line should be a, a – uh, to be like a third line going forward. I, I like that line. line as a third line because you could you could match them up. You know, Kreider's decent enough defensively to, to hold his own in a defensive role. Jimmy VC, he won't get the consideration, but he's playing selkie caliber hockey defensively. He's been that good defensively. I, I didn't expect it. I never would have said, okay, I was like, okay. I looked at the analytics. I've seen VC play in recent years. I'm like, okay, he's decent defensively, can kill some penalties. But Jimmy VC is playing some some next level defensive hockey. It just you wish that the offense that was there back in 2017 and 2018 and 2019 was there on top of that because then you'd have a real, real damn good player. So um, you know that that line has played well together, and then Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin. They just need to find that one last, you know, piece to click. They're not clicking. They're both about point per game players for Panarin. It's kind of, kind of down, you know, for for him because a a guy that scored at a hundred and ten point pace over his first two seasons with the Rangers, and then at ninety six points last year, and he's only on pace for like eighty two, eighty three points right now. So, you want more out of him? But the big story that I have to take away from the other game, and this is going to be important for the Rangers down the stretch, 
is actually a guy that's been loathed here by just about every fan. It's Jacob Truba. And Jacob Truba looked like the Jacob Truba of last year down the stretch again. Uh, physical, moving well, uh, not running out of position to throw a hit. He was doing things right, and he absolutely made two monstrous hits in that game against Calgary. And they were both completely clean. Completely clean, monstrous hits. Nazem Kadri even himself said it after the game that that was a clean hit. So, um, yeah, I, I liked what I saw from Jacob Truba. If that's the way he's going to play down the stretch, this team is going to be that much better off. They need it to be that way, and they need to they need to get that consistently out of Jacob Truba. Keandre Miller looks like he's he's found another level. Braden Schneider is playing great. Seems like everything's coming along with this team right now. Now you just go add, make it an add at the deadline, whether it's Kane, whether it's Tarasenko, whether it's somebody else. I mean, there's another guy that I think that might be available from another team. We'll talk about that a little later and on. Yes, we'll talk about him in a moment. But um, the Rangers just need to go, I think, make an acquisition, shore up their house a little bit, and I think they're going to be fine. Tossing it down to you, Anthony. Last night, or this, I should say Monday, Jacob Truba answered the bell twice for two clean hits. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's ridiculous in today's NHL? Yeah, um, I I do. And oddly enough, um, uh, Dennis Potvin was on the pregame last night for the Islanders, and they were talking about uh, they talked about that Truba hit in general around the league. When you when a guy throws a clean hit, he always has to fight afterwards. Um, and Dennis Poffitt said, yeah, you know, it's 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 different than in, than in his day. Um, but he said, I guess it comes down to a situation where, yeah, it's clean. But at the same time, when you're, you know, when you're a teammate, you see your teammate get his absolute, you know, get his bell rung. Um, it's just, I guess, natural type of instinct to go in there and and defend your guy. Right or wrong, that's, ju- that's just how it is. Um, so clean hits shouldn't have to result in the guy fighting. But again, in this day and age, it comes down to just looking out for your teammate. You see your guy get destroyed, um, and you want to try to, you know, stick up for your teammate. So I think that's I think that's what happens. And because of that, and people, teammates, players always wanting to be good teammates and and do the right thing. I don't think that's going to go away. I think every time you see a big hit, you know, a guy's slow to get up. There's always going to be a little bit of a scuffle afterwards because no one want no one likes to see their guy get destroyed. And you know what? It's you've heard this, I guess, axiom uh, or whatever saying that when w- X player laid that hit and nobody responded, that's when we knew in a playoff series that they weren't going to be a problem and we had them right where we wanted to. How many times have you heard that in the course of NHL history, whether it's the Rangers Flyers in the 70s or if it's like last year or so? It's 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 something that always has to happen. Look, I think as a teammate, you have to stand up for them. It's just it's 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 hard to do that. By the way, I have an article on Big Apple Hockey Podcast coming out this week talking about the growth of Philip Heedle. Uh, hopefully that'll be done by tomorrow. Uh, just want to make sure it's proofread because you guys know how I can have some typos. But again, <laughs> you know, it's it's a uh, Philip Heedle. It, this this might be the announcement of, of him being here. Anthony, what do you think about the way Heedle's been playing? I think he's been playing really well, uh, really well. I, uh, what John was going on, I, I looked it up. He's on pace for 51 points and 30 goals. So he's 
he's having really he's having a really good year. Um, and you know that would double his career high, more yeah. than double it. And he's gonna be he's gonna be due for a big raise. You know, in in the off season, the Rangers have about sixteen million dollars to work with to you know to re-sign him, Keandre Miller, laugh, um, and clean up some any other areas they want to improve on. So, um, you know, Filipino is probably trending at this point to get a five to five and a half million dollar contract i would say on his next contract so um he deserves it um and that's why i mean i don't you hear what the rangers are going to do with the deadline and you hear guy you know here they're in the mix for timo meyer but i don't i don't see it happening because they would have to send a guy like timo meyer to san jose and i don't know if they have you mean i don't know if they have, i don't know if they have the appetite to do that to be honest with you um and uh, you know that that's the only way they could afford to re you know to re-sign Meyer because if you send a guy like Hedel the other way who's ticketed to make like I said five and a half million, um, you know maybe they could afford to give Meyer eight and a half and then you know kind of skip out elsewhere. But I just don't I don't see it happening. I think they should probably hold on to Philip Hedel, especially because he's a center. Um, they're not the deepest at center, so if you take Hedel away. Um, yeah, you had a guy like Meyer who's great, but then he's a winger. You know, then what do you do at center ice position? So it just complicates things even more. So um, I think they should hold on to him. He's playing fantastic. If he could continue this, that that's great for the Rangers. Um, but I, I do, I do think they could use another winger um, to have some more scoring support. But again, the, the tricky thing that goes back to it is their cap situation. I don't know if they could afford to to retain a guy like Tarasenko going forward. And yeah, they did it with cop last year. He was a pure rental, but you want to make a guy like Tarasenko a pure rental and then watch him leave. I don't know. So I'm, I'm very interesting with the Rangers do with the trade deadline, very intrigued to see which direction they go um, because of what they're dealing with going forward after this season. I'm very interested to see what they do because uh, they do need to do something. I will say that, um, but I'm just, I can't really quite put my finger on it, which direction they're going to go. Well, um, by the way, just to conclude this, because you also brought up the RFAs, and Phil, I'm going to turn to you first on this. Anthony, we'll get yours. Put them in order of importance. RFAs that are going for the New York Rangers in the offseason. Phil Pedal, Keandre Miller, Alexei Lafreniere, Vitaly Kratsov, Levor Hayek, and, <laughs> and Zach Jones. Go ahead. Put them in order, Phil. Uh, I'm going to go Hedl, um, Miller, um, after we had Heedle Miller, uh, Lafreniere. La, Lafreniere would probably be next after that. Then, uh, I would say Kravtsov, then Jones, and then Hayek. All right, is Filipino the top priority out of the, the RFAs, Anthony? Yeah, I, I just I had the same order. Actually, I had Jones ahead of Kravtsov, but other than that, the top three, Heedle, um, Hedl Miller Lafreniere. I, I could see it that way too. Yeah, just because um, you know, I think Kraftsoff. I think this is probably his last year with the team. I wouldn't be surprised if Kraftsoff's actually dealt at the deadline. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think Kraftsoff is getting dealt at the deadline. And yeah. the only difference between you guys and me, I flip flop Miller and Hedl. As much as Hedl is really being the big guy, and he's now making me a believer. You know, I've had my doubts on him, and I've said, how do they upgrade him? He is actually a, one number about Filipino that's amazing, plus 17, highest in his career by far. 
He's doubled, I believe it was a plus nine. I think he had a couple of years ago, but uh, his defensive zone starting race they're actually using, but they'll use like uh, Barkley Goudreau to win a faceoff. His faceoffs are still atrocious. I think he's still at thirty six percent or something uh, terrible like that. I mean, if you if but if you're gonna get the defensive play and the offensive play that you're gonna get from Filipino and you're gonna get that growth at that age, I mean, I I wouldn't even. I, I, it, you, you deal with the faceoffs, and you have somebody work with them in the offseason. Yeah. Hey, there's a guy named Mark Messier that still sometimes comes around the uh, Rangers organization. I heard he was pretty good at those. Yeah, he was He was, He was. was okay at faceoffs. It, it was definitely no, okay. You know who else was pretty good, who also played for the Rangers, who the Rangers should actually uh, you know, get on the horn real quick about that uh, That issue? Ian LaPerriere. Oh, okay, there you go. I was so. thinking about active players because I know Tyler Mott's available. No, so, well, I think Tyler Mott's going to end up as a Ranger anyway, but that's another story. And, I mean, there's there's a lot to talk about. And, by the way, there's uh, just to say how important faceoffs are, there was one guy that won basically all of his faceoffs in his last game that he played. I'm going to pat myself on the back on that one. Uh, but, anyway, everybody, because, after all, faceoffs matter. That's what the – or you, you get – you immediately get possession. Everybody, if you haven't done it, make sure you're hitting the like. Appease the YouTube gods who we just need to just make sure we're getting liked everywhere. So that's that's it for the uh, the A block of all of our other stuff. Oh, wow. I didn't even put the ticker on. I just realized that. But as part of the Hockey Podcast Network, we have a quick advertisement for you guys. Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. About one per customer. Minimum $5 bet. Minimum $5 pregame money line bet. That must win. $150 issued as six $25 free bets. Free bets are not cashable and cannot be withdrawn. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be assessed by calling 100 Gambler. I'll try to find a way to make that faster, everybody. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, 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 these two could see me down below in the monitor, and I'm just going, oh. And I did this so that way we could just we could just relax and and uh and we don't have to worry about reading it all the time. Contrary to popular belief, I'm not I'm I'm not a narcissist. So anyway, <laughs> I was la- I was laughing at kind of like that that well, that was not the first thing I was laughing at. But the first thing I was laughing at was actually this one right here. Mark puts one all of my face off last night. <laughs> that actually is. You want you know you know. Oh. You know that is that is something. I look, ladies. You want to you want a good guy? Find a guy that wins faceoffs. All right. So let's move on to bar talk because we got a lot more stuff to do and to talk about. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. 
Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. And everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Play along in the comments down below. Are you so confident you're going to buy everybody around? So, so I'll just take a beer or, oh God, give me a shot. I need a shot right now. All right. And I am going to order some more hats, but they are available. I still got a few more of them. And let's start with one of those uh, trade targets that Filk was mentioning in the A block. And Detroit's Tyler Bertuzzi. Right now, two goals, four assists on the season, six points, 18 games. Last season, 30 goals, 32 assists, 62 points. And he's a UFA at the end of the year, six, uh, $4.75 million cap hit. Mr. Filkowski, the New York Rangers should go and get Todd Bertuzzi, Tyler Bertuzzi. Yes, they should definitely not go get Todd Bertuzzi. But no. um, Tyler would be a great pickup. Detroit's kind of fallen down in the standings a bit. Um, they're only 10 points behind Washington right now. Washington, had, they have uh, four, hand, uh, four games in hand on Washington. So if Detroit got hot, they could technically get back into the race. Um, but if they don't do so sooner than later, I would imagine this team would become sellers. Um, you're hearing names like Jake Wallman get uh, you know thrown around. Jake Wallman's really progressed pretty well for uh, Detroit, having a real good year, uh, getting a lot of big minutes for them. But um, Tyler Bertuzzi can play both the left and right wings, and that would be a real good acquisition for the uh, the Rangers. Uh, no, I don't think he has a cousin, uh, cousin named Justin. Sean, so uh, I think Mark is good there because there's no Justin Bertuzzi that we know of. But there was a, ta- a tag Bertuzzi as well. So, uh, yeah, Andy. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go round here. All right, once again, Phil going with the round. Sorry, there, there was a break on that one, Phil. I thought you actually finished, Anthony. No, my fault. Uh, Anth. Yeah, I think you muted. Oh, and I got. Oh, I muted myself probably because the the dog before. Um, oh, yeah. I'll go. I'll go with a round. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi plays. He can play the game with a little bit of an edge, as you saw last year. His numbers, um, were, you know, were pretty good. Sixty-two points. Um, you know, this year he's you know he's been okay, but um, I think he would bring some bite to the Rangers lineup, and he could score, uh, help support some of that. You know, the guys who are the primary scoring guys like Panarin, Zibanejad, uh, Trocheck, etc. Uh, my only thing is, one, Steve Eisenman very rarely loses a trade, so it'll be a little weary tr- trading with him. Um, you know, and again, you know, he's making 4.75 this year. Um, you know, I would imagine on his next contract, he might get, you know, even a race to just $5 million. Still a raise, small race, but a raise nonetheless. And again, the Rangers cap between Miller, Lafreniere, Heedle, um, you know, I, I don't know if they'd be able to retain him. So, Bertuzzi as a pure rental, depending what the cost is. Yeah, I think I think it would be a good fit, but I would just be uh, – I wouldn't give up too much for him because of that, knowing that you probably can't keep him. I didn't even think about this trade until Filk put it in the bar talk. So let's make it a hat trick first because I'm buying around as well. And I am not only buying around, I will I will go drive to Detroit to go get him to come here. It is a, He would be a perfect either addition – for like one of the holes at right wing that they have. And then you also have uh, like, he'd be a depth forward. 
the guy is physical and now he doesn't have to worry about the vaccine stuff. This is, it is absolutely great with what they could do with, with Tyler Bertuzzi. Go get him. Just, just do it. Just absolutely do it. Uh, I know that is a good question on the cost, but you know, yeah, what it I mean, Detroit can, if, especially if Detroit retains on him, the best part about him is that he's making only 4.75 million against the cap. So, but if Detroit retains on him and you get him for two, three, two, three, seven, five, or whatever that is, or, or, or whatever the half would be, you, you, you can get more players and because the Rangers have the, the, the deadline space to go get other players on top of that. So if you go get a Bertuzzi and then a Mott and then, you know, someone else on top of that, the Rangers can make several moves with a guy like him as opposed to Tarasenko because Tarasenko at half is still what? 3. Point, uh, 3.7 yeah. something million at that point, 3.8 yeah. million. He's capped so, at seven and a half million. So seven and a uh, half million. Bertuzzi isn't a, isn't an RFA. He's a UFA. DP. No, I right. said he's a UFA. No, I'm saying DP. Oh, no, no, in the comment. Oh, okay. Comment. Um, yeah, and you're right. The only thing with retention, though, you got to remember, if a team retains, that usually increases the cost a little bit and what you have to give yeah. up if you get a team to retain. So, it, you know, either you got to pick your poison, I suppose. Yeah, and even if they don't retain on him, he, it's still you know prorated at the deadline. Four point seven five is really not a whole lot to add. So, uh, you know, he he, I think he makes a, a perfect target for the Rangers. And by the way, Ranger fans, the Rangers at the deadline five point four three nine trade deadline uh, uh, available in millions. By the way, so we're going to be talking a lot about about deadline cap space uh, in this. But first, let's shift gears over to the Islanders. A guy that Anthony loves to talk about, Mr. Ilya Sorokin, 17-16-4. and four, Yet another shutout last night. How much, I mean, does that, does that make for him? I didn't put it on there. Tied with five? For the, for the season? Yeah. Five, yeah. Five, okay. You can see the goals against. You can see the save percentage. All in the top five of the NHL. And Anthony Larocco. New York Islanders, Ilya Sorokin deserves to be an MVP finalist. Well, let me clarify one thing. Connor McDavid's the winner of this trophy, um, no matter what happens. Um, but the point is, does he deserve to be a finalist? And if the Islanders make the playoffs, I mean, it's hard to make a case where he shouldn't get some consideration because the definition of most valuable player is the player who's most valuable to his team. And if you take Ilya Sorokin off the New York Islanders, they um, – you know, yeah, they got good pieces, Barzell, and, you know, they just added Horvat and Nelson. But still, you take Sorokin off the Islanders, and the Islanders are not a playoff team. It's as simple as that. So you look at it at the definition of the trophy, he's he's extremely valuable to the Islanders, by far their most valuable player. You remove him, they're, they're not a playoff team. Um, you know, if they make it, he's going to deserve, you know, 90% of the credit for it. He's been he's been outstanding. Um second and save percentage, tied first shutouts. Uh he's he's you know, he powers the New York Islanders. He makes them go. So McDavid's the winner, but if the Islanders get in, um he's got he's got to get some votes as a as a second or, or third place finish. Phil. All right. So are we going with 
he deserves to get some votes or actually be a finalist then. I, I, I clarified to say finalist. He's got to be in the last three. I'm going to have to say I'm torn between beer and shot, honestly. I'm going to have to lean more towards shot here just because, and it's not a knock at him. It's really not. It, it, but I, I, I honestly, obviously one of those spots is going to McDavid. It doesn't matter if he wins it or if, he, he's, if he's one of the two runner-ups. One of those spots is McDavid. Jack Hughes right now has got to have one of those spots. And as much as that pains me to say it, Jack Hughes has got to have one of those spots. Now, the other spot, do you want to give that to someone like Jason Robertson? Matthew Kachuk has a real good argument for it. Um, I'm going to probably say beer just because I think somewhere within the next four or five players that I could mention, Sorokin's name would probably come up. But I, I, I can't get on board with a round for this one. Definitely not just because I, I think there are guys – that are just having better years that would deserve more recognition. Um, and it, again, not a knock on what Sorokin's doing, but if Tage Thompson manages to get the Buffalo Sabres to the playoffs, Tage Thompson deserves to outright win it. I don't, unless McDavid scores 150 points, then at that, at that point you got, you just, you got it because then, I mean, you know, Edmonton's a seller dweller if they miss the playoffs, even with McDavid scoring 150 points. There's a great argument on everything about whether or not um, on NHL Network or wherever you can find it, YouTube. It, is McDavid still the MVP anyway? First off, we said at the preseason, Connor McDavid automatically is nominated for the Hart Trophy every single year. Now, <laughs> uh, as far as Sorokin goes, his record is what's going to prevent him from really being a finalist. Is he really important in, in our opinion? Of course he is. All right. Here, here's the other argument that I have. I'm sorry, I, but I just thought of this, and I, I got to say it. How can you give Sorokin MVP votes over the guy that's probably going to win it in Linus Hallmark? The Vesna, that is. The Vesna, yes. And that's I don't know how you can do that. Goaltending is the most important position, and you take Linus Olmark off Boston, they're – they still got loads and loads of talent. You take Ilya Sorokin off the Islanders. Uh, I, mean, not, I don't know if you, you take away a goaltender that's putting up video game numbers from that team. I mean, the they, they make the playoffs, but they're like, one of the stingiest teams in the league. They are, they, I think you could put the, I guess the point I make Linus Olmark, he's never come close to doing this before in his career. All of a sudden he's, He's casually in the Boston Bruins, and now he's putting up video game numbers. He plays behind a really, really good team. Really good team. I so, agree with you. I, and to go further into that, Jeremy Swayman, 12-3-4, 2.34 goals against, 0.914 save percentage. So, I, listen, it, I, I, I get it, and I've said that before, but, I mean, he's going – more than likely he's going to win the Vezina. So if there's any goalie that's going to get the recognition for heart, like to be a heart finalist, it, it's going to be all Mark over Sorokin, whether we like it or not. By the, by the way, can I just throw this out there? Oh, first off, by the way, I have, I have to say shot. But what we, irritates me sometimes is when they talk about the NHL awards, guys, everybody turns around and says, oh, no, you can't give a goalie an MVP. They got their own award. Yeah, they do. So the sort of the skaters 
You got the Art Ross. You got the you got the Ryan. Yeah, exactly. Everything. Norris Norris Trophy. They got that one too for defensemen. Everybody's covered. If you're the most valuable player, you're the most valuable player. There you go. So, all right, let's uh let's actually stick in the Atlantic Division, guys, because here's the Atlantic Division standings. Boston with 83 points. They only have 51 games played. Games played is going to be important because the Toronto Maple Leafs, 70 points, 52 games. Tampa with 50 points, sorry, 50 games, but 66 points. So the Toronto Maple Leafs are firmly in second place in the Atlantic. Phil, I'm going to you first. I I don't know about that. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say beer just because I had this weird feeling, and I I, I said this all year about uh, you know what? I'm gonna shot. I'm gonna oh, go shot. Right. No, I'm gonna go shot because I Tampa just seems like they're that team that's gonna coast. Like the like they remind me of like the 2000 Yankees right now. Not that I'm saying that Tampa's gonna win it all, but they're that team that's going to, like, just get through, get to the playoffs. They're going to get to the trade deadline. They're going to make an acquisition, and that team's just going to come right back up like a bat out of hell. Yes, I'm going to quote Meatloaf there. But uh, they're going to come like a bat out of hell, and they're just going to emerge, and they're going to be one of those teams where are like, oh, crap, we overlooked these guys, and now they're back. They're here again. And you've got Andre Vasilevsky and – and Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos and Anthony Sorelli and Victor Edmond. And, and you know what? I, I really just think they're probably going to go get a defenseman and a depth forward, and they're going to be right back where they were previously. And, and Toronto is just going <laughs> to – somebody get ready to do the Heimlich because Toronto is going to choke again. Anthony. Shot. Um, I mean, you're talking they got a four-point – Lead on Tampa? How could you say that's firm? I mean, it's four points. That can vanish in, you know. The two games that are in hand. So, yeah, no, it's it's, it's a shot. Um, I mean, they're they're definitely a playoff team, but they could easily fall to three and they could flip-flop. So, yeah, this, this is a layup, a layup for me. <laughs> well, um, also, you, you talked about Pittsburgh before in the A block. Guys, you got, you can't count out Pittsburgh. You can never count out Tampa. Uh, I'm going to go with a shot on this one as well. Uh, I think Anthony, you you alluded to his earlier saying that you, you just you you can't say anybody's firmly in place. Yeah, all right, I agree with that. Especially well, other than Boston and Carolina and, and the Devils, everybody else they're they're all going to be jockeying for position all over the place. So Tampa, watch out for them, especially if they make another move. But then again, you know their first game out of the break, they got torched seven one from by the by the Panthers. So. Uh, yeah. that, that's the one. And then Chuck decided to go off. Yeah. All right. So on to plenty of trade deadline talk, guys, because there's a lot of it coming because Patrick Kane is discussing his future with the with the Chicago Blackhawks. Here's one team that he would be perfect for. The Hur- Carolina Hurricanes are the perfect team to land Patrick Kane. And, guys, I'm going to go first on this one because I'm buying around on this. I said over and over again, Patrick Kane – uh, when, cause when it comes to Carolina, they have, I got their, their cap deadline here, 10.1 million. They can actually get Patrick Kane under contract and under the cap and maybe don't have to give as much as everyone else. It's a first place team. It would be someplace that he'd want to go. 
I, I think it, I think it fits. I think it's better than New York in every way of Rangers or Islanders. And it's better than Colorado. So I'll throw this out there for you, Anthony. What do you think? Patrick Kane to the Canes. And also, by the way, that could actually make him big daddy Kane. Also, that could also work for that. Um, I mean, yeah, in the sense that they're definitely gonna they're definitely a playoff team. They're definitely a contender. Um, so in that in that aspect, it's a it's a perfect you think it's a perfect match, but I'm gonna go I'm gonna go beer. I, I'm not I'm not so sure. Um, Kane has the Hurricanes on his short list of teams he would go to. I mean, you know, last year when this really speculation started to come out on Kane, um, I never I never heard of the Hurricanes being as a team involved. So could that have changed? You know, as the, as this season happened and seeing how the Canes are really good, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and, and like I said, he really would help them. I just I, I don't know if they're a fit for. If Kane, you know, wants to necessarily go there, I think if he has to give, you know, if he only gives the Blackhawks a list of three teams, I'm not so sure the Hurricanes are in that top three. All right, Phil. I'm going to say beer, but I'm going to say for actually a different reason. Um, so Carolina has all the cap space in the world to resign him. They're losing – a lot of guys in this offseason. Um, Jordan Stahl is no longer going to be making $6 million against the cap. He is a free agent. Um, Jesper Fast, his $2 million comes off. Paul Stastny, $1.5. Derek Stepan, $750K. Calvin DeHaan, $850K. And you got Dylan Coghlan, you got to resign. Then you have both Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta come off the books, as well as Max Pacioretty. Who's on LTIR? Jake Gardner's four point zero five million on LTIR, and Andre Kasha's one point five million. So, uh, so like you're you're losing a lot of guys, but you, you also got to fill in a lot of roster spots. Kane makes sense in that regard. They need right wing depth. That it makes sense in that regard. Could have their power play too. Power play, yeah, and that's the biggest thing for me is Kane makes a ton of sense on the power play. And they their power play has struggled, and their power play was abysmal against the Rangers in the postseason last year in that in that series. So um, where it doesn't make sense is I wonder how well Patrick Kane would actually mesh with their system and the way that they play. And Rod Brindamore ain't going to take Patrick Kane's crap. Remember, this is the guy that slugged Eric Lindros. So. <laughs> He, Rob Brindamore is a tough SOB. He's not going to take anything from anyone. That That is a well-respected man, well-respected coach. Um, I don't know if Kane fits into that structure. I don't know if he can play that type of game. I know he still can skate, but is he going to be able to get himself up to play that type of hockey down the stretch? Otherwise, it makes a lot of sense. I, I just I, I wonder about that fit. Um, I do also wonder if he would want to go to Carolina. Like Anthony said, I don't know what teams are on his list or not, but I'm going to say beer just because he, uh, I, I think stylistically it may not be a fit because he likes to slow the play down a little more. And I wonder how that works with the other players on his team that are more like run and gun North and South, you know, speed, 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 smother, 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 you know, yeah, as, uh, as, as uh, Pete said in there, 
Not sure if he's fast enough to be a cane. Guys, there's two games on the NHL slate for tonight. One of them is Rangers-Vancouver. The other one is on TNT. It is Dallas hosting the Minnesota Wild. And currently, the Wild right now are tied for third place with the Colorado Avalanche for 58 points. And they have a ton of deadline cap space. This is the most cap space of any team in the, play- in the playoffs right now. Only Buffalo rivals them in any way for playoff contention. Buffalo has got all the cap space in the world <laughs> if they wanted to. They have $80 million in deadline cap space. All right. Um, so, anyway, the Minnesota Wild should go for it at the deadline, Philk. They don't have a great prospect pool. Like they've got some pieces, and and they've got some guys that are already at the NHL level. Like Matt Boldy is young. Um, they've got some guys, but to me, they don't. And, and by going forward, you mean like all in, like really, yeah, really, really hold it up. I, I'm gonna have to say a shot here. Uh, just because, and listen, like if you don't win it this year, the next few, the next like couple of years for this team are going to be absolute hell with those buyouts from Suter and Parise. They go up, and that's going to be a big, big problem for them. I, I just, if I were them, I, I know this sends a bad message to the players because you, it sounds like you're giving up on a team. But I, I would look to maybe start recouping assets because, to me, they just, they're just they a flawed team. They need a lot of depth. And in order for them to, to win, like, and even go, even get to, like, a, a, a conference finals, they're going to have to make a ton of moves and give up a ton of assets to do so. And to me, that just does not make sense to that team. So I'm going shot here. Anthony. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a beer. Um, I don't think they should, they should mortgage the future, but, um, I think they can make maybe, you know, a smaller move, whether, you know, it's traded for Barbashev or, or adding a depth score like JVR, um, you know, something like that, that shouldn't cost that much that will help them a little bit. Uh, I don't think they're going to be in the running for, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko, like the Blues aren't going to trade him to a, you know, a rival in no. the same division. No, no. Um, obviously, they're not in Patrick Kane. I, I don't think they're going to have the assets to land Timo Meyer. Um, but again, I do think, you know, a smaller move like that could still help them. Um, you know, they do have some good pieces to give them a chance to win a round or so. You know, Kaprizov and Boldy, uh, those two really good players, Zuccarello. Um, so they, they got some good players on their team. If they added another guy like, like I just one of the two I just mentioned, I think. Um, it would give them a little bit of a fighting shot. I'm actually going to go beer too. Uh, this is my question because I looked at them and went, damn, they got all this cap space. And you look at those, Phil mentioned the cap hits. I'm sorry, the beer is still going. The cap hits, it's $12 million, $12.7 million this season. It goes up 14.743 the next two years. And you have a, a 40 year old goaltender in net or however old Marc-Andre Fleury is right now. And and you kind of have to try something, but you can't go Timo Meyer because you're not going to be able to retain him next year. It's it's just not going to happen. I, so, I, I don't see how they do it. No, they're, I, they, they're kind of 
they kind of got to look forward and do the Gene Hackman from the Hoosiers and say, my team's on the floor. You can make some small moves. It's not going to be that great. And I wanted to say all in for these guys, but can't push those chips all in. Hey, Anthony, one of the worst goaltending uh, tandems, possibly of any playoff team, has got to be this the one that played at the guard. Uh, sorry, UBS last night. And that was the Seattle Kraken. Man, Martin Jones, he's look, that record is almost he's almost the opposite of Sorokin. You look at that record, 23, 8, and 3. Wow, that's a great record. How's the rest of his numbers? 2.86 and a save percentage of .894. Phil Grubauer, not much better. 5, 8, and 2. Goals against 3.02 and 0.897 for his save percentage. The only way you can get numbers worse than that is if you're actually trying to dodge the puck. Anthony, Seattle needs to shore up their goaltend and get the deadline. Yeah, uh, round. You know they they they're actually a solid team. In January, I think they were like eleven and four. Um, you know, yet you look at their two goalies, and they're both as you just showed sub nine, you know, hundred save percentages. So, um, yeah, they're they're getting by with that during the regular season, but come playoff time, um, that's not going to work. Uh, uh, problem is how many goalies are out there available. You hear Thatcher Demko's name. I mean, I guess that could be a possibility. Um, but other than that, I don't know how many goalies are available that will that will move the needle as much as they need. Um, so I don't know how many how much more realistic options they have. But if I were them, I would definitely see what you could see what they could do to try to you know shore that position up. Because again, you know, come playoff time, um, it's not gonna it's not gonna work anymore if they're delivering those type of performances. Phil. Yeah, I, I I gotta I gotta go with our Brown here. This is a layup. Um, I I don't know how you turn around and and you go into the playoffs with two goaltenders with sub nine hundred save percentages. And again, I, I continue to ask the question: When does this? When does this anomaly end? Because this is an anomaly having somebody with a record like that with goals against and save percentages like that. This is not 1985. <laughs> so those numbers are not good. <laughs> like if this was 1985, a two a 285 goals against and an 894 save percentage would be great. You, you would be over the moon if that was like Grant Fuhr posting that. But um, no, this is not good. They have to go get somebody and – I mean, you got to wonder, like, really, who's available? And, again, I'll go back to Anaheim and I'll say Seattle should probably pony up for someone like John Gibson because if Seattle goes and gets John Gibson, that gives them a formidable goaltender. And the way that they play makes them a pain in the neck to play against come playoff time. They just they, – they attack, they attack, they attack, they skate, they play hard, they're chippy. They're, they're, that's the team that's not going to have to really worry about playoff hockey because they already play that style of play so but they need the goaltender i'm gonna go beer on this and the only reason why is the, the answer is yes it's around it's easy i if they can't get john gibson they're not getting thatcher demko there's no way not with that rivalry that's trying that they're trying to start up there but hmm. here's a here's a list of the pending ufa free agent goaltenders john the quick no way they're getting them Simeon Verlamov, stay and put I'm going to skip Ben Bishop. Frederick Anderson is staying where he is. John the Bernier, he's on a milk carton. And then you have Cam Talbots. 
Cam Talbot isn't going to move the needle more than these guys will. Sorry, Ranger fans that remember one season where he was good, but Two. I mean, and and one season in Edmonton. Cam Talbot's cashed in on 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 less work than Jer- than Jeremy Lin has. So it's you look at around Alex Adelkovich who was on waivers. Uh, I mean Tristan Jari McKenzie. There's there's not much there until you get the James Reimer. And even James Reimer, you, you're really going to go with James Reimer and say that's an upgrade over Martin Jones, the guy who I believe took James Reimer's job in San Jose when he was there. Oh, no, it was the other way around. I'm sorry. James Reimer took his job eventually. But when they went to the Stanley Cup final and he was a backup. By the way, we talked about it before, everybody, that we're going to be doing a trade deadline special on March 3rd. Make sure you're checking it out. Uh, we'll try to do some giveaways. And, of course, hours and hours of hockey talk, like I said, Phil and I did it last year. Absolute blast. So, got to ask you guys for this one. A big name not being talked about is going to get moved at the deadline. Phil, I'll start with you. Wow. Okay. Um, is, now, this is just a bar talk question, or I, I have to name a name? Well, first we'll go around and then we'll name a name on this. I'm going to say beer. And the reason why I'm going to say beer is because I think there are a lot of teams that um, are in like cap trouble right now. And that's why we haven't seen a lot of moves early. So this, the Horvat trade was really like a kind of like a sounding of the bell to, you know, ring in trade deadline season. So uh, I'm not sure if teams are going to have enough availability and time to make a deal for a big name like that. So I'm, I'm only going to say beer in regards to this. If I had to pick a name. JT Miller. Wow. I just think that there's so much going on in Vancouver and he's just so unhappy right now. Um, I wonder, and I'm not saying I'm advocating this, but I wonder if Chris Drury would go to, you know, Vancouver and, and ask what the asking price would be on JT Miller uh, because he's played here before he can play center or wing. He's probably better suited to be a winger. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. But I, I just wonder if they would do it. Uh, and, and he's he's got a reasonable deal for what he is going forward for a while. Uh, you just wonder what they would have to give up to get him. And if it involves Alexi Lafreniere, I would imagine that Drury would turn away at that point. But um, I, I, that, I that's just a name that I could definitely see being moved. Anthony. You know, beer. Um, usually at the deadline, there's, you know, sometimes there's a trade where, you know, catches people by surprise about a guy moving they didn't expect. So um, in lieu of that, uh, I wonder about Alex DeBrinket in Ottawa. Um, you know, he's due. He's an RFA. He's still due for that pretty big raise, I would say. Um, you know, Ottawa has to make a decision whether or not, you know, they got Stutzel's new deal kicking in next year. Um, they have to make a decision on going forward if they want to pay him, you know, upwards of, of $8 million. And if they trade him, they could get 
get back probably what they paid a first round pick and then some. Um, so I, I wonder uh, if Ottawa would would shop the Brinkett around the deadline and see what they can get for him. That's a guy I would give up Lafreniere for if I'm the Rangers. Now, all right, I'm gonna go beer for me because yes, there's a mysterious guy that could always be in there, and I'm also happy that a lot of the um, it's the the trade deadline is so far away. Ivan Provorov was being thrown out there because of the <laughs> recent headlines. Yeah, um, I did look at a guy on the Flyers. I thought about maybe Travis Konecny might be a guy that might try to move. But that's not going to happen. Or maybe Joel Farabee, who's signed for a long time. Yeah, Connecting's only got three more years at five point five for Connecting. But it's um, like it's hard to say. Like I, I think Thatcher Demko would be the biggest surprise to me. He looks like a franchise goaltender, and one injury doomed the Vancouver Canucks season and Bruce Boudreaux and everything else. So it's well, why is that a surprise? I mean, his name has been out there. I know, I, I know his name's been out there. Like there was another guy I thought his name was out there, like Connor Garland, but that's because they're throwing everybody's name out there for Vancouver. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm trying to think of some guy, some guys from Anaheim, or even like the Coyotes. Everybody's available right now because I do think Shane Gossespierre is gone. I, I think Jacob Chikrin is gone. Available. Um, there's really and. Gossespierre was hurt. I think he might be Andrew? coming back around the deadline. Sorry, what, Anthony? Gossespierre is hurt. He's. I think he's supposed to come back around the deadline itself. So I don't know if that affects his him being moved. He'll uh, he'll get moved. He's a UFA at the end of the year, and he's got value. So because I, I say this all the time, teams look for depth defensemen, depth forwards at the deadline because rarely you can you can find a star out of nowhere. And the other one is they'll look for a specialty guy like a power play quarterback, and he would fit that that category. So, all right, guys, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna get to the news and notes and everything. Everybody, just once again, that was Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink, and hopefully we'll have a sponsor for this uh, next week. But yeah, uh, nice. it's so it's it's always a great time, everybody. And uh, now let's let's do some notes. What do you guys got? Um, I mean, not a whole lot. Um, there was that report that Kane is supposed to be deciding um, next relatively soon on his future, and that uh, teams, you know, will be given at least seven to ten days uh, kind of notice to to kind of. See what they could do, but um, you know, I like you said, I, I, I'm moving more towards the fact that he's going to be traded than he stays, maybe 60 40. Whereas I was right down the middle of 50 50 prior to that, but um, I, uh, I, I just think that ultimately he's going to move. And I think, unfortunately, for the Blackhawks, I, I think, um, I think he kind of screwed him. I think last year it would have been more beneficial for the Blackhawks. I think they would have got a larger return. Um, I mean, now when you consider in the fact that he's a little banged up, uh, he controls where he goes. He's 34. Um, he's almost certainly going to be a pure rental to whoever he gets traded to. Um, I think that adds up to, you know, a little bit of a diminished return. Um, now, does that mean I'm saying he's going to go for, you know, a third round pick and, and Hudson fashing. No, but at the same time, 
He's not, you know, he's not returning a Luke Hughes or a Simon Nemec, or he, I don't think he's returning a, a player of that caliber. Um, you know, I, I think it, I think it's entirely possible that he goes for just a first and a, you know, and a B prospect, um, you know, or, or maybe a second that could be a conditional first and maybe, you and know, Vitaly Kravtsov. maybe a good young roster player. Um, but he's not, he's not going to go. Like I said, he's, I don't, I don't think he's going to get a bull Horvat type of package just because of everything, everything that surrounds him. Um, again, again, you know, he might, he might put a, a Claude Giroux and only give, you know, two or three teams. We, we, we really, we really don't know yet. Um, you know, and as I mentioned to you guys before in that text, when I was kind of going through the Western conference and in many teams in the West, I could see him going to, I, as I said, I, I could see, I could see Dallas, um, maybe, Ve- maybe Vegas and um, Colorado. I think that's the really only teams out West that I think you would consider. And out East, I think it's the same. I, I don't think he, I don't think he'd go to, you know, many teams. I mean, some teams you can eliminate because of cap. Um, and then some teams you can eliminate because of location. Um, I don't, I don't think it's much out in the way of the East either. So we'll see, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but I, I'll, I would be surprised if he returned like a, a King's ransom. I, I really would. I'd be surprised if the Buffalo Sabres went for him. I'll tell you that. I understand everything that they're doing right now, but I don't see them giving up any assets when they could possibly get them for free in a few months. I'll go over to you, Phil. Yeah, I, I, I don't see Buffalo at all. I don't, I don't see it. Uh, it. It just doesn't make sense. And they're a bubble team, and they have an upward battle to, to make the playoffs. Um, they've got to worry about other things if they want to make the playoffs anyway. They got to worry about defense. They got to worry about goaltending. Um, I, I, I just don't think Kane is really the answer for them right now in the offseason. If they want to pursue that, absolutely. I think it would, it would make sense then. You have the, the hometown veteran coming back to help out a young team, provide leadership, provide scoring. I think it, I think it fits then. I just don't see it now. Um, if they were in a playoff spot right now, or like or or closer to one, then I, I could see it a little more. Then definitely, if they were in a playoff spot, if they were in a playoff spot. I think the the Sabers playoff drought is so long that if they were in a playoff spot, even if they were like you know two points away from being out of it, I think they would do it. But um, since they're not, I say no to that. Uh, I don't think he helps a team like Washington all that much. I, I don't see Washington getting him. To, Dallas makes a ton of sense to me. Dallas yeah. makes a ton of sense. He comes in, you add him to, I mean, you've got Pavelski, Hintz, and um, Robertson. And then you add him to Sagan and Ben. Forget about it. That's a that's a stacked second line behind that, that top line, which one of the, I would say one of the three best lines in hockey right now, probably. That that first Dallas line of say uh, Hints, um, Robertson and uh, Pavelski, but you just yeah I I don't I I don't see Kane going to a lot of places. I I think Anthony's right. I think he's going to probably give them four or five teams at most to trade, and then um, I, I I do see the Rangers being on that list. 
obviously because Panarin, Panarin's already hinted that he wants Kane to come to New York. So I, I definitely think there's probably been some sort of friendly conversation, if you know what I mean, between the two of them. So um, I, I just I don't know if the Rangers will make it work. I, I think if it's a sweetheart deal and you could get him for Vitaly Kravtsov and a second-round pick and maybe another pro, you know lower-level prospect, like maybe like a Hunter Skinner or something like that after that, then okay, I, I, I could see that. But I, I, I don't see the Rangers giving up a first-round pick for him. I don't see – Kako and Lafreniere are already out of the question. We That's been established. That's not happening right now. Um, Pittsburgh, you know what? Well, let me address Pittsburgh. $450,000 at the trade deadline. That's what the cap space is. Yeah, I, I I, mean, unless they find a way to move some sort of salary and then Chicago retains on top of that. But what does Pittsburgh have in terms of assets right now at this point? I mean, Kasperi Kapanen and they Kasperi got Kapanen all their go draft picks. Okay, so you're, you're going you're gonna to deal uh, a younger, productive player in Kasperi Kapanen for a guy that you're probably not going to be able to re-sign in the offseason, to me, that's poor asset management. Go ahead, Pittsburgh. Do that. Do that. I would love that because that would bring the downfall of that team closer, closer to us. Well, after all, it's Brian Burke. He's always careful with his assets. Don't don't see that being the same at all. Like I said, Pete, there's just so many, there's so many factors working against that. Again, Cade's, Kane's age. You know, unlike Horvat, who was willing to sign an extension where he went, that's not going to be the case with Kane. He's not signing with the team no. that trades for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's a little injured. He's going to control where he goes. Uh, no shot, no shot in hell he gets that. No, no Hor- shot. Horvat, Horvat was ranked as the best asset yeah. on a lot of the trade boards for a reason. Kane yeah. Kane is not having the year. There's there's word of injury troubles with him. He looks disinterested. He's older. He doesn't want to sign with a lot of teams. And I think he's going to have an extremely small list of teams that he's going to accept a trade to. So um, yep. I don't think you can – I think Horvat and Kane is an apples to oranges comparison. I agree. Yeah. That's it's it's also a 27-year-old versus a 34-year-old, a yeah. guy whose uh, career accomplishments are all yeah. behind him right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and, hey, by the way oh, – sorry, finish that thought, Anthony. Tarasenko is another guy that controls where he goes. Um, I don't. I mean, I think his list may be a little longer than Kane's, but I don't. I, I think Tarasenko is gonna is gonna kind of essentially pick where he goes too. Um, you know, he he's another one. I, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's returning a King's ransom either. The the one guy that that's I think is gonna return a King's ransom is Timo Meyer. If Timo Meyer is traded, Timo Meyer is gonna get a lot. He's he's gonna get he's gonna get more than Horvat just because he's an RFA compared to a UFA. Um, I think Myers I think Myers gonna get a lot. A now, lot. Uh, one thing we have to bring up I did not bring this up in the A block because uh, we were gonna run a little on time, but we have a little bit of time right now. Anthony and I had a discussion, Philk, about that uh, Andrew Mangiapani goal Monday night, and I still can't believe it's. Like they ruled that it wasn't a kick, Anthony. I know what your point is. You're going to make it to me again. Well, Steve but, Dangle, Steve Dangle is right. He's well, it's, I, it, it it's, still it's, looks like he's moving his skate forward toward the puck. That's a kick. 
No, that that's not not in the rule book. That's not a distinct kicking motion. In the rule book, a distinct kicking motion is like when you kick the puck like a ball. That's that's a kick. Um, and I mean, yeah, if you want to say if you want to say they need to they need to change the rule to intent and change it up, then you're you're right because yeah, he he knew what he was doing. He was intending to redirect the puck or let the puck hit his skate. But right. that that that's that technically is allowed what's not allowed is the distinct kicking motion and they determined what he did wasn't a distinct kicking motion so i mean i agree with you but i think that's just the league's i just think that's the league the league's rationale behind it i'm just gonna pull that one up uh phil are you back on right now clearly not uh, uh, yeah all right he's muted all right because, yeah, I'm going to just pull that 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 goal up for everybody because I still can't believe this. Hold on. We're going to have like a sound for a minute. Uh, I, I, I just still can't believe because I, and I do understand. I think there might have been a pause, a, a like a second pause for him when he brought the skate forward at it. Uh, Mangiapani ties it up. Here we go. And. Uh, we're going to just get that right there. Cause like, it's, I think that's a problem that you're going to have the league trying to do these things. Here you go. There's the, and now there's that's that, that's, that looks like a kick all the way, even from this distance. Now we're going to go slow it down in a second. They're probably going to, I'll just, I'll just let this run guys. It's a kick. It's, a kick. it's absolutely like, a kick. It's a kick. And I don't care what anybody says about directing. You can angle your foot to direct something and still lift it off the ice, which he did, and it's a kick. That's a kick. They do it in soccer. It's a kick. It's considered a kick in soccer. It should be a kick in hockey. That's it. It's a kick. Right. Right. Milan right. Lucic had one against the Rangers years back, did the same exact thing, and they somehow didn't call it a goal, and it was one of the most blatant kicks I've ever seen. So you know what? If – if you, then this is right. Whoever this is, I, I absolutely agree with them in regard to it. Yeah, if, he said. Uh, I don't know who you are because the, the, you said your uh, YouTube crashed. So that's that's just something. If yeah. if the um, if the league is going to have this rule this open to interpretation, then just scrap the rule. Just let everybody kick the damn puck in. Yeah, let everybody kick it in. They want more offense anyway. So just either, well, either that or also or also say you can't purposely redirect it then one way or the other. Yeah, one way or the other. I'm, I'm totally I'm with you on that. If, if, well, what's what's exactly purposely redirecting though? Because I uh I, I, there's plenty of times, guys, where we play, somebody centers a pass to us. We try to take we try to take a shot, maybe somebody hits our stick, we mistime the Missed time for a one timer and then it hits all. Yeah, our I, I get what you're getting at. You open up Pandora's box, slippery slope with that one. Yeah. By the way, uh, FP MJ says, Hey guys, uh, you think the Rangers are going to pull through Vancouver tonight? If so, what's the score? And also love the videos. I mean, Thank they better. Vancouver, Vancouver's starting Spencer Martin in goal, I believe. And, you know, they're clearly, they're clearly no falling down the standing. So, no bull whore that. That's one of their, that's, been their best player all year. He's gone. Uh, the only thing that the Rangers really have to worry about is, be, you know, in losing Bo Horvat, 
the rain uh, the Canucks acquired notorious Ranger killer Anthony Bavillier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I, I do have to say this: there isn't a more Rangers set up game for them to struggle than tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is absolutely a trap game. Absolutely yeah. a trap game. They better absolutely they better a trap come game. Out. And and is Desirkin in tonight, Philk? Uh, did they announce? Uh, yeah, I'd say he's, he's got to be. be. Halak, Halak played, you know, Monday night, so it's got to. Well, I mean, be why good. not play Sesterkin Monday night? I mean, I understand you're trying to, uh, like, like uh, measure his. I don't, I don't know, know but the fact on? that they got they got the win with what they must feel is that if you could get the win against Calgary with your backup, then you have Shesterkin against Vancouver. Which you have a much better chance of winning, you know. So I, I, I mean, I don't, I, I agree with you, but, oof. right. I mean, this is this is, you know what, Phil, you said it best when we first started doing the show. The old saying of "That's so Rangers." That's losing so Rangers. tonight to a, a hapless Vancouver team would be that's so Rangers. Anthony, got to ask you about this one, by the way, because uh, Pete threw this one out there. Video tribute for Anthony Beauvillier tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. He's been yeah. he's been there for he's been there for a while. He's he scored some big goals in the playoffs, especially that yeah. one that sent it to Game Seven against Tampa. Yeah, for sure, he's gonna get a tribute video. Yeah, and uh, Phil already said yes, and let's make it a clean sweep. I say yeah too. I think definitely. video tributes are so watered down. The fact that Ryan Strom had a video tribute was ridiculous to me, and then, but Anthony Bavillier deserves it. I get yeah. why Ryan Strom had player? one. I get it. I get why he had one. Um, if they would have done one for Colin Blackwell, I, I, I would have just, you know, <laughs> it's probably okay. Bye. I mean, between between that, what do you have? 13 goals that year out of nowhere and Rangers Twitter talking about how Colin Blackwell was a guy they couldn't believe they got rid of. And now he's on his third team in less than a year. So Guys, definitely, you know, Patrick Nemeth tribute, <laughs> like they said, like uh, Dave's saying down here. But no, Anthony Bovillier scored one of the biggest goals in Islanders history, however you want to slice it, because it's the last goal at Nassau Coliseum. So, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Uh, sorry, what'd you say? I'm going to head out. All right. Yeah, you know what? We're going to actually head it on out, guys, because uh, we all got a lot of things going forward. Uh, let me just go with what Lou is saying right here. Uh, Lou is saying it was forward motion, kick, no pucks, off skates, period of the future. That's going to be tough, by the way, to legislate, period, end of story. NHL is morons. We want skill in this game. I understand what you're saying, because if – but pucks are going to go off of skates. You got 100 mile an hour slap shots. It's just going to happen. Well, the one thing I can't stand is when, they, if it was soccer, they would call it an own goal. If like you work your way through three guys, get a shot away, it hits off a skate and goes in. They go, oh, it's an own goal. It doesn't count. No, it's, that's out there. <laughs> they should do, Patrick is saying they should do a Mike Milbury tribute and just throw pieces of crap, wrap that garbage on the ice. Wow. That is. Harsh, 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 harsh. All right. So, guys, we're going to start playing the um, uh, my cousin's song on the way out. 
Uh, I gotta actually talk. See about making this available for anybody if they want to download it. Again, the song is called Bye Bye. It was by Phil Antonucci, uh, who we lost back in 2011. Uh, the man was uh, a real renaissance man. Great guy, my cousin. So can't say enough about that. 28 of you are still watching right now. I can't wait to get more. Just the, the rest of this trade uh, season, this is like Christmas for NHL pundits. And then hopefully we can try to get a guest on and talk about a lot of the things that are going to be coming our way soon this month. Trade deadlines and stuff like that. And again, we're going to start promoting it right now. Big Apple Hockey trade deadline special is going to be March 3rd. Uh, it's probably going to be, I guess we'll start maybe 11.30 or 11 o'clock and then go all the way through the trade deadline to about 4.30. It'll be wonderful because I'm working that night. And you can see the look on my face on how excited I am about that. So, uh, let's see if I can just take one or two more questions. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I, I turned the volume down on that. Yeah, I started, the song starts with Tiffany on that. I turned it down to Tiffany on that. Patrick again, thanks for joining us. Pete, thank you. Thank you very much. We are trying to get everybody to subscribe, get the ring out And of course, as I always say, because I have done it, I have the other book. I have the uh, over here, but always make sure you like these videos, comment, subscribe, hit the bell, do everything. We're getting close to 7K. I can't wait to tell you guys about that, but we're not going to do any more thank yous until we get 10K. Everybody, thank you very much for joining us, and can't wait for the next show. See you all very soon.